Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? What's good? What's happening? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Let's get into it. Let's get started. Oof, we got some preseason football. I've watched, I've been watching some quarterbacks and so forth. I can't really, I can't wait to really dive in. And I got, I got so much I want to get into and dabble into today. Football season, it, it's, it's among us. It's here. It's not, it's coming. No longer should I say it's coming. It's definitely here. We are in the midst of preseason, um, going into the second week of preseason. And by the time you know it, we'll be there, it'll be week one of the NFL season. Um, and we'll be talking about the Bills Rams, <laughs> uh, in that, in that game, that Thursday night opener. Also, college football is right around the corner. Um, I know a lot of you guys really, really, I got a lot of. I got a lot of reception and a lot of good perspectives uh, from yes from the the previous episode. Uh, you guys, you guys really seemed to like that. <laughs> um, we went in, we, we know we went in depth uh, a lot on some topics and so forth. But without further ado, let's get into it. But <laughs> before that, uh, you know who this is this is your humble and highly favored host Isaiah Kit of the Isaiah Kit Podcast. Uh, I welcome you guys. I greatly appreciate everybody that's tuning in, listening, locked in with me. Greatly appreciate it. I'm here to deliver um, an audio adventure. I'm here to deliver an audio adventure um, and some good perspective it's going to take. So let's get into it. Uh, Shouts out to everybody listening. So the 49ers. Let's start with the 49ers and Trey Lance. And I, I often, I have these conversations. And I often marvel at people's talents. Like, I think everybody has a purpose in life. Now, whether or not you find that purpose or you actually tap into that purpose, I think everybody has a purpose, right? I think everybody has a purpose. And hopefully you have been able to engage and recognize that purpose. But when I see people that actually live up to their purpose and their talents, their talents show, right? And like you see their talents. I often sometimes just marvel at it. I'm like, wow, it's pretty talented, pretty unique. That that's that that that's that's what I do sometimes. And it can, it don't it don't necessarily have to be sports. It can be, I don't know, anything. A doctor, a businessman. A businesswoman doesn't matter. When I see people that have unique gifts and and unique traits, I often marvel. I'm like, wow, that is certainly something that was God given, <laughs> uh, because that this doesn't that this doesn't happen like that. Like cognitively, like that just uh, that that doesn't register for a lot of people. That like that that type of mindset. So I often marvel at people's talents. I often I often do it. What I I do it a lot. I'm starting to realize I really do it a lot, and I become I'm somewhat sometimes in awe of what some people are capable of doing, whatever the talent is or purpose is. When I looked at Trey Lance in the preseason game, and I know, I know, I know, people are gonna say Isaiah, it's a preseason game. Isaiah, he only he only threw five passes. He only had four completions. People are gonna tell me, oh, it's a little premature and so forth. And uh, I, I guess, but I tell you this: 
when I watch Trey Lance, and a lot of this can go, some of this can go to Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's coaching and how I think he's developed Kyle, uh, Trey Lance because from his first preseason last year, from the preseason last year and this year, you can spot the difference. You can spot the improvements and the jumps that Trey Lance have taken. Granted, he hasn't had many snaps. He hasn't had many reps in terms of like real game, real speed in game, uh, you know, experience. He hasn't had much of that yet. Like he hasn't played in a lot of meaningful snaps. He hasn't played a lot of meaningful reps, right? But the preseason is about getting your feet wet. Getting your feet wet. Seeing what guys make the roster. Obviously, Trey Lance gonna make the roster. He's the franchise. He's like he's their guy. So obviously, they're rolling with him. But it, I saw his talents on full display. Granted, it was only in four completions. It was only in five passing attempts. But I saw a a guy in Trey Lance where he is really going to be able to open up this offense. And there's, and like I was saying in the beginning, when you look at certain people, you marvel at their talent. I'm, I'm, I know I can't be the only one on earth that does this, where I like, I'm in awe of what some people can do. Well, yeah, I, I did, I, I kind of saw that with Trey Lance. I had a moment like that with Trey Lance this past weekend. I was amazed. Not amazed, because I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I was surprised, because I've been telling you guys this for a while now, almost going on two to two and a half years, that I think Trey Lance can be special. I think he has traits that are special, elite traits, and I think of some. Of, I think some of those traits were shown. Um, even the one incompletion that he had, it was a out route, and. His his pot his 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 feet his footwork could have been a little bit better, but if you guys go back and look at that throw, and it was ruled an incompletion, but you look at that throw, I thought the receiver and with with that whole play, I thought the receiver could have done a better job with trying to keep his feet in bounds, but the ball was a bit, a bit out there, but just. Being the ability, having the ability to make a throw like that, go back and look at that play. I wish I can pull it up for you guys on video, but I can't. Um, but go back and look at that play. Go back and look at that throw. The ability to make that throw, amazing. And then obviously the deep touchdown shot, the seventy-six yard touchdown shot that I saw. Um, it was just all it was plastered all over Twitter, and rightfully so. That that was a great ball, and that was that's a combination. That is the perfect example of what you're going to see in in San Francisco this year. It's going to be the combination of Trey Lance and his ability to be able to stretch the field, take the top off the defense, and Kyle Shanahan's offensive brilliance and genius to be able to draw up and get these guys and scheme these and scheme these guys open. That that is what you're going to see. It's going to be a great combination, a great deal of that. So when I watch the 49ers and when I watch Trey Lance and when I think about what the season has in store for this 49er team offensively, I'm very excited. I am very excited 
in terms of the 49ers and what they can do offensively. Last so when we think about the 49ers, we don't think about we think about you know obviously the offensive line, physical run game, um and then Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And sometimes they're not overly over the top explosive because obviously cuz like they had Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, so there's some limitations there in terms of what you can do over the top. Point in case as to why the 49ers, their receivers last year, led the league in yards after catch. Because what they did in their offense, this is just Kyle Shanahan's offensive philosophy. And, you know, this is how off this is how the offense runs. But it's it's based off of getting the ball out quick, letting your playmakers make plays, and that's what the 49ers do. They have a lot of they have really physical, athletic pass catchers like a Debo Sanyu, like a Brandon Ayuk, like a George Kittle, where they catch the ball, it can be a three, four, it can be a three, five yard route, but then that can turn into a whole 25, 30 yard play. That's those are the type of pass catchers and playmakers that they have on the outside. But then you add the element of a quarterback of Trey Lance's ability, being able to stretch the field, being able to utilize his legs, I think you're going to see a lot of rollouts a lot of um empty sets you saw some of that in the in the preseason and so forth and i'm sure kyle shanahan has a lot up his sleeve and he's not gonna obviously he's not gonna show it in the preseason he's not gonna display in the preseason but i think this 49ers offense certainly has the chance to be i would say the most balanced offense in the nfc Yes, I think they have the chance to be the most balanced. That doesn't mean the most electrifying. That doesn't mean the most dynamic. That doesn't mean the best. But I think they have a chance to be the most balanced offense in the NFC. And you look at the 49ers. Also last year, they led the league in most yards per play. So they are a highly efficient and effective offense whether that's running the football and being able to control time possession and being able to just outwill you, or now they will have the ability, it seems as if, they will be able to stretch the field. They'll be able to, you know, keep the defense honest. Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell when he's healthy, when he's going in the backfield, he he's a beast. He's, he's nice. He's, he can play. Obviously, we know about George Kittle. We know about Debo Samuel. We know about Brandon Ayuk. We know about the weapons and the perimeter weapons that they have on the outside. And then you look at what the 49ers have on their offensive line. These are the elements that I'm talking about that I think can make them the most balanced offense. That doesn't necessarily mean the best. That doesn't necessarily mean the most electrifying, the most exciting the most dynamic, that doesn't mean none of those things, but I think they have a chance to be the most balanced. I think looking at the NFC, they have the chance to be the most balanced. They can give you a dose, a little bit of everything. And this is why I think the 49ers are going to be really good this year. If, If Trey Lance can play, because the kid's talent, his talent is undeniable. You can see it. It, it, it. it flashes off your screen, off your screen when you see him play. If he can actually play, this 49er team will be a really good football team. This will be a really good football team. Last couple of years, past few years, they've been knocking at the door. 
NFC Championship appearance, um, Super Bowl appearance. They've been knocking at the door over the past three, four years. Maybe Trey Lance is the missing piece and the missing element to really get this team over the top. Maybe we are watching the 40, the, the Kansas City Chiefs all over again. Let me not, let me, okay, let me actually, let me not go too fast. Because I know a lot of people are like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? And not, and I'm not going to say, I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be Patrick Mahomes. But think about it. Prior to Patrick Mahomes taking over in Kansas City, Kansas City offensively was not bad. They were a pretty good offense. I mean, they had Andy Reid. They got some pretty play. They had some pretty good playmakers. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They had. To, they they were not a bad offense. But the the Nick the 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 one thing about Kansas City when Alex Smith was quarterbacking was, yeah, they really can't beat you over the top. Like they're good offensively. They had a good offense. They had a good offense. But they can't. They ain't gonna beat you over the top. You don't gotta be worried about the deep, the, the deep play. You don't, you don't gotta worry about them trying to stretch the field because they, Alex Smith's not gonna do that. With Patrick Mahomes, that added a whole different dynamic because he had a bigger, stronger arm. So I'm not saying Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not saying this 49er offense is gonna look like the Kansas City Chiefs because it's not. But I think it. Oh, I'm just saying it adds the element of okay, this team can now. Really, they have an extra element, and this is why I think they're going to be the most balanced offense in the NFC. I think they have a really, really good chance of being the most balanced. They can give you heavy run game. They can give you the intermediate passing. They can give you the deep passing. They can really do a lot and serve you up with a, a dose of everything. 49ers look really sharp. They look really sharp. I, granted, I know it's the first preseason game. I know some people might think I'm a bit – I'm being a little, I'm talking about I'm talking about the 49ers and Trey Lance a little prematurely. Okay, sure. But when things materialize and you look up and the 49ers look pretty good, don't 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 say Isaiah you was right. Right? Right? That that's usually what it pans out to be. That's usually what it pans out to be. But granted, um, like I said, I know some people are gonna say, oh, I'm I'm speaking a little too fast. It's only preseason, and it is only preseason. I understand that. I understand, but some things you have to be able to identify what translates, what's going to carry over, because I do think certain things that you see in preseason translates. And I think this is a good shifting point. Let's move on to the Cowboys. <laughs> um, Let's move on to the Cowboys. And as I talked about, how preseason doesn't tell the whole story. But there is some things that you could take away from preseason. And there are some things in preseason that you might see that you might also see in the regular season. Some certain things translate and curry and has a curry on effect. And it just it just translates to the to the regular season. Well the Cowboys in the last two years have been the most penalized team in football. Well this past weekend, they played the Broncos, and um, they kind of set the record for most penalties in a preseason game. And as kind of, let me not say kind of, they did. They set the record for most penalties in a preseason game. I'm going to tell you guys this. I haven't, give you, I haven't given my full predictions 
Um, in terms of playoff teams and who's gonna win what division, um, I, I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna do that really, really soon, right? But the with the Cowboys, here's my thing. They are not as explosive on paper. They are not as explosive as they once was or as they were supposed to last year. Last year, they were tops in a lot of offensive categories. Um, I, think they, I think they led the league in, like, offensive yards, yards per game, uh, points. Like they, like, they were really dynamic offensively. But the second half, the latter part of the year, they got into a dry spell and so forth. I would say this about the Cowboys. I think they have a coaching problem. And ultimately, I think they have a coaching problem. I think this is also a reflection of the front office. And I like Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones is a great businessman. I think his business model, I often, as I talked about already in the in the first segment, I marvel at where people are able to do and Jerry Jones business-wise what he's been able to do with the Dallas Cowboys from 1989 when he first purchased purchased the team for just nearly under a hundred million dollars and now the mere fact that they're they're now valued in 2022 around seven billion dollars nearly they're like six they're like six point something billion dollars so I'm gonna say round that up I don't know if it's 6.5 or higher, then just round it up to 7 billion because that's probably what they're going to be around by the, by the end of this year. <laughs> He's a great businessman, stellar. But in terms of hiring a coach, um, it has been a struggle over the past for a long, for a long time. Let's just say that. It's been a struggle for the Cowboys and Jerry Jones to hire a coach. And with Mike McCarthy, I, I, I just asked this question. If Dan Quinn is handling the defense, if Kellen Moore is handling the offense, then what is left for Mike McCarthy to do? Oh, discipline. Discipline. His only thing, his only major assignment is to be a disciplinarian. He has not done a great job with that because if the Cowboys were disciplined, if he was a good disciplinarian, the Cowboys over the past two years since he's taken over the job would not be the most penalized team in football. But yet they are. And it looks like they're going to for the third straight year. Guess who's going to be the most penalized team in football. You guessed it. The Dallas Cowboys. Talent hasn't really been an issue for the Cowboys in recent memory. Like in like in recent years, they had like the talent on these Ross on these Cowboy rosters haven't been like a huge issue. It hasn't like they're they ha they have never been in a in a predicament where you're like, whoa, this cowboy team, it it has just a lot of holes. Like they just don't have talent whatsoever. Like, no. That's that's rarely the case with the Cowboys. You look at you usually look at their team on paper and their roster. You're like, wow, they have a lot of talent everywhere. That's usually what you say. This year, 
Let's see. Because a lot of people are picking Philadelphia to win the division. And honestly, they ain't wrong. Philadelphia on paper, on paper, not just on paper, they have less flaws than Dallas. On paper, Philadelphia probably has a better offensive line at this stage. Probably has a better defensive line. Probably. They have a better secondary. Their receiving core mm, might be a little bit better. I would probably slight edge. The only key advantage that Dallas really has is at the quarterback position. So when I look, so when I'm looking at Dallas this year and trying to evaluate them, could I'm not, and this is not me saying the Dallas Cowboys, could they be a playoff team? Yes, they could they can very well make the playoffs and be a playoff team. Are they a Super Bowl team? No. This is not a Super Bowl team. Um, they're very thin at receiver. Um, I just don't know what to really think of this season for the Cowboys because they are the NFC is as weak as is as like ever been. Like the NFC has never, I've never seen the NFC this weak. And the Cowboys, as I said, the Cowboys have had these talented teams. So you would think with a weak NFC and with the Cowboys usually being really talented, this would be the time to strike while the iron is hot. No, 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 no. Instead, the Cowboys seem like they're getting worse. It seemed like their talent is depreciating. It's decreasing. So with this, I think this is going to be a big, big, big tell-all, show-all year for Mike McCarthy. Because over the past two years, you've had the most talent in the division. You know, like when healthy, you've had the most talent in the division. Granted, his first year, Dak Prescott got hurt, and that was kind of like a wash year, whatever, blah. And then this past, then last year, you went 12-5, and five, and you had talent all over your roster. This year, receiving core, a little thin. Offensive line, a little bit older. Got some expensive pieces. We'll see. We'll see. Cowboy, oh, by the way, Cowboys have $20 million in cap, so we'll see what they do with that $20 million. But I think this is a really big coaching year for Mike McCarthy. This will tell, like, if there's anybody that's still on the fence about Mike McCarthy, this year will tell you all you need to know about Mike, about Mike McCarthy and his future with the Dallas Cowboys. I think this year will tell it all because now he's going to really have to do a coaching job because the talent that he has isn't just so superior than everybody else in, the, in at least in his own division. I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are just so much better than everybody else. I thought last year, I thought the Cowboys like were superiorly like they had the superior talent amongst the, amongst the three teams, the other three teams in the division. This year, it the the, the it's a little bit closer. It's a lot closer. Philadelphia has really stacked their roster. So we'll we'll see what happens with the Cowboys, but I think this is a big show-all, tell-all year for Mike McCarthy as Dallas Cowboys head coach. Okay, so I watched the Steelers' um, preseason game, or more so Kenny Pickett. I watched Kenny Pickett snaps. And 
He looked poised. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. He looked accurate. I, he, he checked off a lot of the boxes for me, what I was looking for in this first preseason game, granted this preseason and so forth. Um, but he checked off a lot. He checked off some boxes. And, and, he, and I saw the important stuff. Confident, does he look like he belonged? Does he look like he's afraid of the moment? Yeah, he led a game-winning drive. So there was some things that, you know, some swagger, confident, um, you know, poised. He 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 did a lot of those things really, really well. Um, and a lot of people had questions about his hand size. I think we get caught up in sometimes we get caught up in silly things when evaluating these players. Like we get caught up in like silly facts and you know, like Okay, hands are small. Didn't look like he ain't got no problem controlling the ball, handed throwing the football to me. And as far as I know, as far as we know, that was a regular size football. Uh, so I think that's fine. With this whole Steelers thing, though, and it's weird because the Steelers, they're they're a blue blood franchise, and Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. All time great coach in Mike Tomlin. But I wonder, do they look at this right now, at this, at their climate in the AFC North? Um, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, his situation still pretty much up in the air, but he probably won't. He's probably going to miss a majority, if not the entire year. And then obviously, you know, in Cincinnati, you got Joe Burrow. And then in Baltimore, you have Lamar Jackson. So, granted, even when Deshaun Watson is available or not, right now, currently, you know you have the fourth best quarterback in the division. You have the fourth best situation, quarterback situation in the division. And Trubisky, I think, is a pretty good bridge quarterback. Um, I think, I, I, like I say, I think he, he, he that, that year in Buffalo, I think it helped him. And would it surprise me if he was the day one starter? No. Um, but if you're a Pittsburgh, you got to ask yourself this. Kenny Pickett, he had three years as a starter at Pittsburgh in the same stadium. And you, you do you do you play him now? Because now. You know, okay, like I said, you know Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. You know Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. And then, like I said, Cleveland, we don't know what their quarterback situation is. It seems, like I said, seems likely that Lamar that, that Deshaun Watson is going to miss at least the majority of the season, if not all of the entire season, right? Wouldn't this be a good eye-opener and opportunity to take for the Steelers? to see if Kenny Pickett is the guy for the future because we know Mason Rudolph like we know we know how that goes and then Mitch Trubisky like I said Mitch Trubisky I think he's fine I think he does I think he has improved a little bit but he's more so a bridge quarterback in this league I don't I don't think he's anyone's long-term starter or answer at the quarterback position but if you're Pittsburgh you gotta ask yourself hey Kenny Pickett 24 years of age. He's played three years. He played three years, not played, but started 
all three years, started three years at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh drafted him. So he's playing the same stadium, same environment. You got to ask yourself, do we have the guy? Do we have, if we have the guy, okay, that's great. But I would get, I don't know. A part of me feels like the Steelers, and now there's reports coming out that Kenny Pickett's taking first team snaps. He's practicing with the first teams, with the first team. So I don't know if I'm the Steelers, I'm trying to see if this is our guy or not. Because of Cleveland, we, like I said, Deshaun Watson, probably not going to play. So this gives Pittsburgh the opportunity, kind of like it's it's an audition. I'm giving Kenny Pickett as many opportunities and as many games and as many starts and as many reps as possible to see if we have our guy or not. Because next year's quarterback class, we possibly could have five to six first-round quarterbacks. Possibly. So when you look at the when you looking at the thing when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, okay. Trubisky, he's a nice fallback guy. He's a nice bridge option. But do we force our hand and actually play Kenny Pickett? Now, if you think about the Steelers culture, um, the Steelers background, Mike Tomlin's culture. They're not they 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 typically don't play players young. They don't they usually don't play young players. Like that's usually not Mike Tomlin's thing. That's usually not his go-to, especially with quarterback. And Tomlin hasn't really had to deal with this situation. This is the first time actually like having some type of quarterback controversy in terms of like who's going to be his quarterback. Usually that answer is like big it's it's Big Ben. It's been Big Ben since he's been there. But now but typically the Steelers, their organization's culture, Mike Tomlin's culture, they it, they usually ease young guys in before they just play them. Like think about and Tomlin wasn't a coach at the time, but think about Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger himself. He only played his rookie year because Tommy Maddox got hurt. If it wasn't for Tommy Maddox getting hurt, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play. Ben Roethlisberger does not play his rookie year if Tommy Maddox does not get hurt. So you could use even Big Ben as an example. Young, but didn't play, wasn't going to play his rookie year. Not unless something unforeseen happens like a Tommy Maddox injury. Well, with Pittsburgh, I don't know. I think you I think you I think you play Kenny Pickett. I really do think you play Kenny Pickett to see what you have. I mean, I think you I think you see what you have because why wait until why wait why wait install until next year? Where Deshaun Watson is going to be back, presumably, right? Like I said, Cincinnati, Baltimore, they're going to have their guys. And you don't know what you have in Kenny Pickett. Why? 
Like, why go into that? Why go into next season with that being a question or with that being something lingering over your head when you can find out if he's your guy or not this year? Because if if it doesn't pan out, you can move off of him and possibly draft another quarterback in a better quarterback class this upcoming draft. Just saying. I mean, I, I like I, I don't know. And with Kenny Pickett, he has a lot of advantages that rookie quarterbacks usually don't get. Like rookie quarterbacks usually, like uh, especially in today's today's game, like you think of a lot of the quarterbacks that's starting. They didn't play three years at one whole school. Like, think about it. Think about it. Joe Burrow, he played, he started at Ohio State. He only he left, transferred, played, only played two years, started two years at LSU. Um, there's just a lot of guys start a couple years, go from one place to the other. Like, no, no, no. Kenny Pickett is in his own backyard. The same, ver- the very same stadium that he that he played his collegiate throughout his collegiate career in, he's back in that stadium as a pro. He has the hometown crowd on his side. There's a lot of advantages that Kenny Pickett had, and the Steelers aren't a bad football team. This isn't a bad situation that he's going into. He's going into a pretty decent organization or or, or situation. And he's going into a a great and rich organization. This Steeler team doesn't have much holes. And speaking of, uh, you know, the Steelers culture and organization, boy, do they do a good job at drafting receivers. I mean, year in, year out, dra- I mean, they do such a great job with drafting and developing wide receivers. They 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 strike they strike gold with another one in George Pickens. George Pickens can absolutely play. Physical specimen, tough. I mean, he is going to be a star in this league. He is going to be a star in this league. He's already making waves throughout social media. Like George Pickens, he he's just a monster. He's killing it. But the Steelers do such a damn good job. And nobody does a better job than the Steelers at drafting receivers, literally, in my lifetime. In my lifetime, and I'm 20 years old, in my lifetime, this I've never seen the Steelers with a bad receiver room. Like, never. Like, they usually, not just one receiver, but they usually have, like, a crop, a trio of really good receivers. I mean, the Plexico Bears. The the Antoine Randall L's, the the Heinz Wards, the Emmanuel Sanders, the Santonio Holmes. I mean, I can go on on Mike Wallace, uh, Antonio Brown, obviously. Even when they had Juju Smith Schuster, uh, now it's Deontay Johnson and Clay and Chase Claypool. Hell, I don't know if you guys remember Martavius Bryant. I mean, the Steelers do such a great job at developing and drafting talent at this particular position. And I know there's some teams around the league that could only dream of being able to draft and develop receivers like the Steelers have. <coughs> the Patriots. <coughs> the Patriots. You know, like, 
they were there are so many teams that would love to be able to draft receiver and have a feel for actually picking playmakers at that position. I know there would be teams that would love to have that ability. So the Steelers, they they they're the, they're like the best. I mean, the the absolute best at drafting receivers. I've never seen them with a bad receiver room. But back to Kenny Pickett. That goes to my point though. Like they don't have many holes on their on their team. So this is this this is even more even more reason even more reason as to why I think uh Kenny Pickett the Steelers should probably lean. If it's a close race, if Trubisky and Pickett both are playing around the same level, I'm giving the nod to Pickett because it's like you got to figure out what do you have. What do you have in this guy? What do you have in Kenny Pickett? You got to figure this out. You got to figure out if you if you have your guy or not. You give him as many starts and as many opportunities as he needs this year. Because next year, you don't want to have the question hanging over your head. Is Kenny Pickett your guy? You don't want to have that question. You want to be able to hey, say, hey, yay or nay. Yeah, he's our guy. He's our long-term answer. Or nah, we think we can get something better. We think we can opt for something better. Still need to figure that out, but... It's I think what they have, it's 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 really interesting, a really interesting uh quarterback decision um to make here. Uh like I said, their culture, they're not really into playing young guys quick and early. But I think just looking at the climate of their conference and their division, I think they catch a break with the Browns having all of this drama. And with with Deshaun Watson, so it it allows Pittsburgh to try to get figure out if they have their guy. I think it's going to be interesting. I think uh, I think they should probably get a nod for Kenny Pickett if the competition is really close between him and Trubisky. I really do. I want to shift to another quarterback, another young quarterback over uh, this weekend that made some head waves. Um, and it's more so because he got hurt. And that's Zach Wilson. I haven't talked. I haven't talked much Zach Wilson on this uh, on my podcast really at all. Really, I only talked about Zach Wilson during the draft process when um when he got before he got drafted by the Jets. And I've just made a, a little observation. I and I know how talented Zach Wilson can be. Um, I think he's a talented kid. Small, smaller than what I would, than you know, than what I prefer, but a talented kid, nevertheless. But I have, I have never seen a quarterback get more love for doing less than Zach Wilson. Like I, I, I have, I mean, I have never seen a quarterback, or I'm not gonna say never. But it's been a while since I've seen a quarterback get more love for doing less than Zach Wilson. And from, I'm talking about from the media, not just like his fan base. Like obviously, Jet fans are they're they're high on Zach Wilson. 
but the media, like even the media, they they show and give Zach Wilson so much love that I feel like it's not even warranted at times. Some of the love, some of the compliments aren't even warranted. And it's like, I know we want the Jets to be like, we want this thing to work out for the Jets. We want this. We want Zach Wilson. You know, I don't know if it's like he, he does have like a, a swagger to himself or a, a coolness to himself. I don't know if that draws people, but I have just I mean, like I said, throughout the, the pre-draft process, you can admit that he's talented. You can see that he's talented, but he's a bit smaller in frame. A lot of a lot of the concerns that people had about him coming into the NFL kind of formulated and showed itself um, his rookie year. And even the preseason game, granted, he got hurt. He tweaked his knee. But the interception that he threw was it was like uh, it was it was a bad interception. Like he 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 read the man. He stared. He like. He threw the ball right to the defender. Like, it was a very easy interception to make and a very bad read made by Zach Wilson. Um, so I I'm just I, I just I'm just not sure. I mean, like I said, I, I think the Jets, I think the Jets as a whole, like this offseason, I think they've had a pretty good draft. Their draft was really good. Um, and just but they got a they got a really, really young roster. And I want to do more of this as the season uh, is approaching. But look at, can we just look at the Jets opening schedule? The Jets schedule. Because I think it's really interesting. The first nine weeks of the season, here's the Jets schedule. Week one versus Baltimore. Week two at Cleveland versus Cincinnati at Pittsburgh versus Miami, at Green Bay, at Denver, versus New England, versus Buffalo. That's the first nine weeks for the Jets. The first nine weeks. That's that's the first nine weeks for the New York Jets. I don't know about you guys, but that is a gauntlet. That is a gauntlet of a schedule. The first four weeks of the of the NFL season. The first the first month of the season. They're playing their opponents are AFC North opponents. Then they have the Dolphins who have also gotten better. Then at Green Bay, at Denver. Then you got to play two more division rivals, New England and Buffalo. That's a very rough start for the season for the Jets and we're not even sure about Zach Wilson's availability to start the season. He may miss the first couple weeks of the season due to this knee injury. So we'll see, but I just think it's really interesting that Zach Wilson, just from my perspective, in my opinion, he receives a lot of flowers and a lot of love from the media. Like I said, fans is one thing, you know, Fans can be delusional. Fans is fan is short for fanatic. So you're a fanatic for your team. So I, I, you know, fans I can get and I can deal with. With media, I feel like the media shows Zach Wilson so much love and we root and rave about his talent. 
like I said, I think he's a talented kid, but we give him so much love and he's done much of nothing. <laughs> like much of nothing. And like I said, maybe we romanticize about the Jets just being good or being decent and being relevant and having someone competent at the quarterback position. But like, let's let it actually happen and materialize first before we just <laughs> anoint and just throw flowers heavily towards Zach Wilson. Cause that's what it seems like at times. That's, that's just my opinion. It seems like we throw a, we, we give Zach Wilson a lot. We, we give Zach Wilson a lot of flowers. Uh, the media, they, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that's just my perspective on that. Um, let's shift gears. I'll be back after this quick break. So lastly, before I wrap this bad boy up, I wanted to see if you guys caught on to a trend. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about the AFC East and not necessarily a trend, but if you notice something, the previous episode, I talked about Mac Jones. Um, and the Patriots struggles within training camp and so forth offensively. Um, and you know, as I, as I told you guys on the previous episode, or as I explained, I think the Patriots over that, over the past couple of years, since Brady's departure, really, they've just lost a total feel for offense. They just don't have a feel for offense, um, in 2022. Their drafts get weird, especially offensively. A lot of the talent that Belichick drafts, I don't. They have really, they they have really low value, if any, to any other team around the league. And the receivers that he's paying, um, they have the most. They have the most expensive receiving core, but in terms of production and in terms of talent, they are towards the bottom of the league. Uh, and now I, I just on the previous segment, I talked about Zach Wilson um, and how Zach, he gets, like I said, he gets a lot of love. He gets more love. I've never seen a quarterback to this point in his second year, only in his second year, get so much love, but has like has done so hasn't done much, like really hasn't done much. He gets a lot of love for doing less. I don't know what that is about. I, like I said, I, I I think maybe Zach Wilson has like a cool factor to him with the swag. He looks like he got like a little surfer thing. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I, I think some people just want the Jets to be relevant and to have, and you know, for they can have their own franchise quarterback. I don't know. But he receives a lot of love for doing less. And with Tua, I haven't talked about Tua and the Miami Dolphins, but I think I do think Tua, with all this, all, with all of the surrounding pieces, I do think Tua, he will have an improved year, and I think he'll look better than what he has been looking over his first two years. They're all all those quarterbacks are all in the AFC East, and I think we can all agree that Buffalo is the cream of the crop of the AFC East and the best team in the AFC East. I think we can also agree that, that Buffalo has the best quarterback without question in the AFC East. I think this year, Tua going into his third year, 
uh, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones going, both going into their second year, I think this is a really big stepping stone um, and a really big year for all three franchises, Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots. With the Dolphins, I think they have the ability to finish second in this division. I think with the acquisitions of a Tyreek Hill, um, I think with adding um, Terrell Armstead, a really, really good left tackle, uh, and just looking at some of the other offensive pieces that they have, and then Mike McDaniels, who who may be the biggest question mark up to date with the Dolphins, because Mike McDaniels comes from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he worked with Kyle Shanahan. So I'm expecting to see some similar wrinkles of Kyle Shanahan offensively with the Dolphins. And if, if that's the case, I think Tua, you're going to see some improvement with Tua. So I think the Dolphins, they have a chance to be second and finish second in this, second in this division. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of their success is going to be really, really dependent on if Mike McDaniels can really coach, right? It, like, is he is he an actual coach? Can he coach in this league? And if Tua is if is is Tua going to take that that other step where it cements and put Miami in himself on a different level. So I think that's a question that a lot of people have. I think when you look at the Patriots, like I said, no feel for offense. It just seems very throwback and outdated. What they're doing offensively, their offensive personnel, their offensive philosophy, everything offensively with the Patriots right now seems outdated. But like I said on my previous episode, maybe Bill Belichick has something up his sleeve. Maybe he knows something that we don't. I think the Patriots have a chance to finish second in this division. But I'm just not sure in a league that's about that's predicated and that's really, really centered around offense and being productive offensively, I'm not sure if the Patriots week in, week out can get enough from their offense. And it's not me, you know, I know some people know I'm not I'm not super high on Mac Jones. I think he's a I think he's a really good, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he got some talent, but I think he also has limitations. And those limitations are only th- those limitations, I think, become more apparent when the weapons and when the talent around him isn't up to par or isn't adequate. I don't even think they have adequate talent at the receivers on the outside on the perimeter. So we'll see. Can, so the question is, can Mac Jones and it's only in his second year, can he overcome not having a not having an experienced play caller? Can he overcome not having or can he overcome having marginal talent at the receiver position? Can he overcome those things and have the Patriots and keep the Patriots afloat? And then with the Jets. I feel like the Jets have a like I said they've done a, they they did a pretty good job in the draft this past year. 
But even in the preseason game, granted, Zach Wilson got hurt, but even in the preseason game, they still have a really young roster. And in that game, I saw Zach Wilson make some questionable decisions, questionable, still making those questionable d- decisions that he was making year one. And I'm, I, I, so we got to see with the Jets. We really got to see first Zach Wilson with Zach Wilson's health on the field. We need to see him on the field. But then when we see them on the field, do we still see some of those nicks and tweaks and concerns that hovered over Zach Wilson? And like, and then also like, is this love warranted? Because as I said, we have people, I think there's this people in the media that have just been throwing flowers at the feet of Zach Wilson and I just don't understand it. Like, I know he, the kid is talented, but we are just throwing flowers at his feet, like he's Prince Hakeem f- from coming out, from coming to America. And we just uh, like, do you guys know that scene coming to America? Like, uh, I don't know if I, we, we. I feel like the media. He's become like a media darling, in really for no reason. So I think those three teams, it's interesting because they all three are in the same division. They all three have young quarterbacks, and they all three have some question marks offensively concerning or evolving surrounding their quarterback, whether it's Tua and his arm strength and can he can he take the next step? Same thing with Zach Wilson. Can he take the next step of improvement? With Mac Jones, can he overcome the marginal talent and the deficit at talent with the Patriots on the perimeter? I think it's really interesting um, because I think obviously this division, um, I think, like I said, Buffalo is the cream of the crop. Buffalo is clearly better than these teams. But who's going to finish second? Who's going to who's going to be able to finish second? And battling for that last wild card spot or for one of those wild card spots in the AFC. I think it's going to be real interesting to see. But without further ado, I'm a, I think I'm going to wrap it up right here. I'm going to wrap this bad boy up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Like I said, um, as the season gets closer and closer, as the regular season gets closer and closer, I am going to do like a NFC breakdown, AFC breakdown, where I give you guys my predictions and so forth. Uh, you know you know, I take my predictions really, really serious, uh, just like I take my top team, my top 10 teams list really, really serious. So I can't, I can't, re- I really, really, you guys know I'm excited and I get really excited about these things, about doing these type of things for you guys. So uh, continue to tune in, continue to tap in with me, continue to support. Greatly appreciate Like I said, uh, we're going to be doing that in the next coming weeks. But without further ado, i let you guys go. Always remember two choices, one decision. Hope you guys enjoy. Peace. Deuces. I'm gone.